1: it is now 722 here at WCCO. Welcome back to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Jarilyn Steele, and it is a pleasure to introduce to you Scott Ford. Why? Well, earlier this week, U.S. Bank released their Building Black. Wealth Insights research, which highlighted the financial needs, goals, and challenges of Black Americans. Scott Ford is the president of U.S. Bank Wealth Management, affluent, and joins us with more. Welcome, sir. It is I mean, it's just such a great pleasure to have you on tonight,
2: Geraldine. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: It's great to have you. And I tell you, as I started reading some of your bio, which is so filled with beautiful um, uh, information about you, I kept wondering, now that you have settled in at U.S. Bank, first of all, tell me how you like it, tell me how you like Minnesota, and, and are you from here?
2: <laughs> so so I'm not from here. I actually live in uh, New York. I was born and raised in the New York area, uh, and I live in the suburbs uh, in, of Long Island. Um, so I started with U.S. Bank in February of this year. Actually, it was February 2nd. I'll never forget it because it was Groundhog Day. And uh, so far, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, you know, the, the, what was advertised is exactly what, what I see here. They have wonderful people who are highly collaborative, work together, um, and that spirit really is driven from the top, from the top down. So, So I really am enjoying myself.
1: Well, we're glad to have you here. So welcome. Now, of course, I want to talk about this amazing uh, survey that was released, Building Black Wealth Insights Research. Tell me how this research decided to come together. Who was the, who was the catalyst, the person that said we need to do a survey like this?
2: You know, it's, it's, uh, th- th- that's a great question, just kind of like just by way of background and context. So, you know, following the death of George Floyd, uh, you know many of the the folks around u s Bank just said, "What can we do, given our unique skills, capabilities, and expertise in banking, financial services, wealth management? how can we contribute to this body of work so u s Bank came up with access commitment, which is a long term framework to help build wealth and redefine how we serve racially diverse customers. And identify more opportunities for racially diverse employees so the access commitment was really targeted at three groups families and communities small business owners and employees and so as part of that effort to listen and learn that was the genesis of the study so they recently surveyed over 4,000 people To better understand the financial needs and challenges facing black Americans. And that, that's what the Building Black Wealth Study, Insight Study is.
1: It was 4,024 people, I believe. And the first thing I wanted to know when I read about this survey was how did the people respond? Um, how, how did you know that the metrics were successful? Did you know that, um, How did you know that people that answered the questions, as you know, a lot of times were asked to do these surveys, but how do you know it's truthful? Did you find the information that proved that this, yes, this matches up with what we believe as well?
2: Well, I think that um, some of the senior leaders here and, and this uh goes back to before my joining the organization, but I know we also went on a listening tour internally um, with our own employees and also with some of the community um, organizations and nonprofit groups that we partner with so I think that what we learned in the su- in, in the study it was was consistent with what we were hearing, and some of that is you know certainly not not surprising um you know for example you know 23 percent of african-americans say they've been treated differently by the financial service industry due to race and that's versus 13 percent of hispanics and six percent for 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 whites right so so some of the things were, were not surprising It's kind of like what we expected but there were other things that were quite surprising so
1: well, here's one thing that didn't surprise me, is that uh, many of the African-Americans wanted someone, if they're advising them financially, they want them to look like them or, or have something in common with them. Tell me more about
2: that. Oh, absolutely. We we know that representation is an issue um, in this industry. And so, you know, th- th- that was clear from the survey re- respondents. You know, again, that data point about 23 percent saying they've been treated differently. You know, blacks are twice as likely as non-blacks to want financial planners, right, who look like them. And so we know that that representation is important. African-Americans make up less than 3% of the population of financial advisors right across this country. So one of the things that we're working on at U.S. Bank, and one of the things I'm really proud of is we are enhancing our advisor development program which is part of our diversity equity and inclusion strategy specifically designed to significantly increase the number of african-americans and 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 advisors of color generally speaking diverse advisors um to become uh, to hire and train them to become financial advisors because they're so underrepresented in this industry and that's really been a long-term challenge how far
1: have you come so far
2: uh, so, so far, we have, I want to say, not, not far enough to be, perfectly, to be perfectly candid. You know, I got here in, in February, and, and our statistics look much like the rest of the industry. But what I can tell you is it is a top priority for us going into 2022, and we're ramping up that program so that we can really start to move the needle on it. And the only way it's going to happen is to be really deliberate and intentional Right. And just really put put some put some heft behind it to make sure that we're to make sure that we're really making some progress. A lot of single women work to do, to be honest.
1: Well, I appreciate your honesty, sir. A lot of women, uh, especially single mothers, have a real challenge in trying to save. Um, and knowing that, what are you offering? In the survey, what did you learn about the single mothers and how they feel about trying to save and move forward into uh, having an advisor to to help them build wealth?
2: Yeah, you know, that, that's another interesting um, uh, insight from the study. So single mothers actually feel they do a better job, actually, they're more likely to have a, a plan around day-to-day planning um, than, their, than their male counterparts in the study. Where we have some work to do, you know, is basically around the women, generally speaking, and we also know this, and this was consistent with our 2019 uh, Women and Wealth Insight study that they, generally speaking, will associate things like financial planning, money management, and those kind of uh, uh, terms with anxiety, fear, and the like. So we have a lot of work to do just in terms of, like, how we frame and how we work with women in particular. But many of them are really, really good at the day-to-day aspect of financial planning. I've asked... Some friends and and colleagues that I have, like, why is that? And the answer was, well, because they have to be on the day-to-day, right? If you're a single mom and you're responsible for raising your family and there's no one else to help you, you've got to be really good at the day-to-day. We've certainly got some things that we could do to help support them with their long-term planning.
1: Well, I do know that single women or married women that are raising their families by themselves or divorced women, the big challenge is that the pandemic has changed how we save. It has changed the industry as far as advisors, a lot of financial advisors, um, a lot of companies with financial advisors lost advisors during this pandemic. Uh, Now that things seem to be getting a little better and a little worse from time to time, where do you see us standing as, as black people trying to build wealth during this time?
2: You know, African-Americans, that, the, the, the survey respondents from this particular survey actually believe that they're better off than they were a year ago, which was completely counterintuitive for me, just given the fact that our communities uh, were much more adversely impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. But these particular individuals felt like they were better off from a year a year ago, we don't exactly know why, so we have some more work to do kind of double clicking on that, but many of them feel better about where they were a year ago. We also know from the survey that they feel for as many challenges as our, as our people face, they feel generally positive, I guess cautiously optimistic about the financial services industry overall.
1: Well, I, I do know that as we looked, as I looked at some of the uh, responses to the survey and, and how well you did or how well you are concerned about other areas, um, it, it's interesting that there were, you know, uh, uh, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans that were mentioned in the survey as well. Did you only look at black people or did you did you first talk to black people and now you're going to talk to others? I know you said Hispanic as well.
2: Yeah, no. So, uh, the, the, the survey again was a little over 4,000 people, basically evenly distributed across, uh, you know, blacks, Hispanics, Asians and Caucasians. because what we we're really trying to get to the heart of is what, what, what's different about the African American experience in terms of trying to build wealth in, in our communities. And so it included all, all those races, but I think that we can continue to learn from, the information we glean here, again, this is about listening and identifying opportunities to find out how we can help. And you can't do that without talking to people and listening and and learning about the the particular challenges that they face.
1: Final question, sir. What's next? What's the next step for you as um, the president of U.S. Bank Wealth Management Affluent? Affluent.
2: Well, I'm really excited about this work, and I've been in this industry for a very, very long time, you know, working on the, these specific challenges. You know, we know that racial wealth gap is still significant, and we we are committed to this work for the long term, which is part of the reason why I wanted, was so excited about joining um, U.S. Bank. And one of the things that we're going to do to make sure that we're getting the impact out of this is we're partnering with the Urban Institute, and they're gonna help us define, track, and evaluate our social impact um, and, uh, and the results that we can expect to see in 2022. So it's not just gonna be about U.S. Bank kind of giving ourselves a pat on the back. You know, we're partnering with you know an organization that is expert in measuring social impact, and we're gonna hold ourselves accountable um, to, to making sure this work continues. So many of the initiatives that we started are well underway, including, as we discussed, increasing the number of black financial advisors over the next two years, You know, investing over $200 million in black-owned and led businesses since June of 2020, and $25 million in loans and grants to small businesses run by women of color. And so we're, we, we're certainly uh, putting our money where our mouth is, And uh, would love to come back at some point and share with your audience about how we've done.
1: Well, we will be be following the money, that is for sure. And I do want to have you back on in about six to eight months. I hope you will join us again, Scott Ford. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight.
2: Gerald, thank you for having me, and I would love to come back.
1: I would love to meet you in person, sir. Shake your hand. you got a long haul on this particular subject, but you are on it, and I'm excited that you're here. Thank you for joining us.